Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Plus, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another installment of MSP Webinars. I'm Steve Taylor, your host. Today, we are joined by Rob Reynolds, the creator and founder of Chocolatey. Now, some of you guys have probably heard of Chocolatey. I feel like if you guys have heard of one, you've heard of the other. There's another cool tool out there called Ninite. Um, personally, I'm a Ninite user. No offense, Rob. Um, but I, it, that one makes sense to me. So. <laughs> so so, my hope is that you'll you'll be able to convert me and you know, everyone else watching over to uh, uh, Chocolatey. And and my understanding is there's like a free version and there's paid versions. And and then of the paid versions, it's like there's the MSP edition, but then there's some other edition, which you would need this other one with it in order to be able to make your own installations. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just am misunderstanding the website, but I'm hoping that you can kind of dive in all of that for us today. But without further ado, we are going to uh, we're going to pass it over to Rob and, and let him kind of uh, introduce the product, give us a demo, and then we'll be able to ask him a bazillion questions. Okay, guys, thanks. All right, let me know when you can see my screen there, uh, and then we'll get started for uh, everybody here. So bringing up that now. Looks good. Go, Steve. Fantastic. Okay. All right. Um, this is what I normally look like. This was me at Halloween. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to talk about common sense software management. Um, my name is Rob. And uh, I'll get this thing to, to work with. And there it goes. Uh, and I am the creator and founder of Chocolatey. Um, I've been working in infrastructure automation and uh, software management for quite a long time. And uh, also uh, in the Microsoft community, uh, MVP for, I think, two different areas. I've been there for, for a little while. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, kind of a play on the, the whole chocolatey thing here, uh, dressing up like uh, good old Willy Wonka for, for Halloween. And so, Which uh, I want to say that's a very fitting costume for you. <laughs> it is. Uh, my five-year-old uh, had never seen me shaved before. So actually, I shaved the goatee uh, and uh, shaved up the sideburns uh, to be back. Uh, she she thought, thought it was cool the costume she was ready to have the goatee bag so um, so uh, first thing that a lot of people uh, wonder you know when we're uh, 
working uh, with Chocolatey is, you know, is there going to be chocolate? Uh, unfortunately, uh, on the webinar, we're not going to have any of that. Uh, it's more about the automation of windows, right? Uh, and so it comes down uh, a lot of times when folks are looking at Chocolatey, and uh, I'm going to sort of gear this into, you know, uh, comparison to uh, Chocolatey and Night Night, uh, but uh, also just uh, other platforms as well. And so. Uh, when you are looking at uh, Windows boxes, we could say pretty honestly that we never uh, install Windows on a box and then do nothing else, right? Uh, we typically configure some things to, for it to be used for. We also install software, right? And so uh, there is a lot of software that tends to go on these boxes. And uh, when we come back into that management of those boxes over time, uh, a lot of that uh, is about making sure that that software does get upgraded. Lots of different installer formats out there in the wild. Uh, we have zips and archives, and uh, you might also have internal software you're deploying. Uh, but uh, you know, one of the things about software installers are really messy. And uh, you know, when it comes to those internal, uh, those zips and, and all of those different types of installers, traditionally you're deploying them all in different ways. Uh, what Chocolatey does is it becomes a more of a universal format. We'll talk about that in a minute, right? And so uh, coming back to that why a little bit closer, you already do deploy software, right? Uh, you do it in different ways. Uh, you could be using uh, tools out there like LabTech or, uh, I forget all of them, there's so many of them, uh, <laughs> that uh, you know, they already uh, can help manage uh, that deployment of software. And you might have some sort of plugin that, that works with, with each of them and uh, helps manage that. But coming back to the, the management of that software, you also have, uh, you might deploy, uh, deploy that stuff through install.bats, you might run installers, you might also work uh, creating PowerShell scripts uh, to do those deployments and getting them to run remotely, right? Uh, and uh, if you do use SCCM or you have used SCCM in the past, uh, this is gonna look pretty familiar as well. Uh, and so uh, what uh, we typically see when people are using Chocolatey is they are starting to see it uh, really reduce the amount of work that they have to do. Um, when you have uh, other things out there like Night Night, uh, a lot of times what you get uh, support for is use some of those common applications uh, but as you want to have more things that you might want to support, uh, there's not really anything you can do uh, outside of what Night Night offers. And so that's uh, where we see folks come in to look at something like Chocolatey uh, because it does uh, offer quite a bit more. And this comes back to uh, Jeffrey Snover from Microsoft uh, mentioning uh, folks should look towards, you know, more of this uh, automated approach, right? And so when we start talking about, you know, really why chocolatey. Uh, a lot of it comes into reporting uh, features, uh, the fact that it is offline and secure. Uh, by default, it comes hooked up to a community repository, and that community repository has a lot of packages. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, however, uh, most of the time, uh, folks are looking for something a little bit more secure, right? And so they want it to uh, a little more secure, a little bit more reliability with it. And so they're looking to either set up their own internal repositories to use with chocolatey, uh, or are looking for uh, you know other options that are there, right? And, uh, because Chocolatey uses PowerShell, uh, that makes it extremely flexible. Uh, you can work with uh, managing software that goes into programs and features, uh, but you can work with a lot more, right? So if uh, you're working with a tool like Ninite, a lot of times uh, you'll get it to manage the installation or upgrade of that software, but maybe that software uh, doesn't have switches or other things that can support being able to um, 
you know, maybe that didn't put something on the path and you want to put that on the path. So you would have to write a custom script to do that. You could drop all of that into your chocolatey package. Uh, you could manage files in there, uh, put registry settings in, uh, work with uh, deficiencies inside of those installers. Uh, and you could also do more. So if you have those zip archives that you just want to drop onto a machine, you can do that. Uh, if you want to run scripts, uh, you can do that with chocolatey packages as well. Everything becomes a first-class citizen. Right? And we've been doing this now for seven years, right? Uh, and just turned seven about a week ago. So happy birthday. And so stepping back, uh, when we're asking, you know, well, what is chocolatey, right? So it is that software management aspect. Uh, and it is about these packages or these new packages. And those are just fancy zip files. We could actually rename them to a zip open them up and see what they're doing. And what a lot of it's doing is software deployment, right? So it's taking MSIs, uh, executable installers, and other things and figuring and wrapping that all up into one little package that knows how to uh, manage getting that particular piece of software installed uh, and possibly configured completely silently, right? So you don't have to worry about um, those aspects. And you can take uh, those little independent software deployment artifacts or chocolatey packages, and you can use them uh, you know, with tools like Tech with uh, tools like SCCM. Uh, and so we like to say with those chocolatey packages, you write it one time and then you can deploy it everywhere with everything, right? So when we say everywhere, we mean Windows Server 2003 and up, Windows 7 and up, uh, and you can deploy in the server core and you can deploy to the cloud. Uh, Chocolatey supports all of that. We kind of covered a little bit of this already, but yeah, uh, it does easily manage out that entire software lifecycle for us um, because uh, you know we are working with PowerShell. It really makes things quite a bit easier, especially with a lot of the built-in functions that Chocolatey comes with. Um, it's got a lot of business-friendly features, right? so um, it is decentralized. Uh, some folks want to look at what's on Chocolatey.org and the packages that are there and think that's the end-all, be-all of Chocolatey. And so when we start talking about how uh, organizations uh, might use Chocolatey, uh, we talk about uh, that community repository is the tip of the iceberg, right? And so if you look at the number of packages that are there, it's about 5,700. That is about 5% of the packages in existence. You'll never see the others, right? Because um, those are all below the iceberg or being used in organizations. They have their own internal repositories, and there are many, many thousands of uh, packages larger. Right, uh, with some of these organizations themselves versus what you see on that community repository. Um, inside of organizations as well, you see a lot more with reliability, mostly because uh, it doesn't fall into the same issues uh, that you get with a public repository uh, like that community repository. Right. Um, now we've had our community repository up for uh, six and a half years now, uh, went up in September of 2011. Um, and uh, every single version uh, of packages that go up, so uh, there's about 5,700 packages, and there's 46,000 versions of those, right? Uh, every single version that gets pushed up uh, uh, by somebody, right? Uh, they push that up, they get submitted, and then it goes through a rigorous moderation review process uh, where it gets checked for quality and consistency. It gets checked to be sure that it can install properly. It also gets checked against virus total. So it takes all of those binaries that that package represents and it pushes them off to be checked by 60 to 70 antivirus scanners. Chocolatey is one of the biggest submitters of Windows software up to virus total. Uh, and uh, the interesting thing is at the end of all of that, there's still a human that comes along 
uh, which are our moderators, there's very few of them, uh, they're trusted members of the community that uh, do do those final checks. And so they wanna get that approval. Uh, and once they have approved it, right, uh, if everything is good to go, then that's the only time that we uh, bump that number, right? So then uh, that's when that version becomes available for folks to actually install. And so when there are security findings and other things, uh, that process of uh, getting a new version that's addressing a CVE can be done in, within an hour and a half. So it sounds like a long process, but it can be done very, very quickly. Uh, one of the things that uh, we do mention though, uh, when it comes to that community repository, we want uh, organizations to have a fully reliable experience with Chocolatey, uh, one that they can trust, one that they can control, and one that don't have to worry about security uh, at all, right? And so what we recommend uh, is not to use that community repository because of those distribution rights. Uh, that with the distribution rights and copyright law that happens on a public site, uh, what it means is those packages don't always get to contain the software they represent. They have to reach out at runtime to pull it uh, from those official locations. And you know, the internet can be kind of finicky, right? Uh, we want uh, every time you run uh, your installs, your upgrades for organizations, not to be using a lot of bandwidth uh, for you, right? Uh, keeping that bandwidth usage down, but also uh, we want to make sure that uh, it's reliable, right, and repeatable. So each time you run it, you're guaranteed that uh, it's going to work uh, for things that are within its control. All right, so Chocolatey has some sweet features. Uh, there is uh, that open source side. Uh, we call that uh, you know, very strictly about package management. So um, it doesn't do much else than that, but it does work well in organizational uses. Um, with MSP editions, with uh, what we call Chocolatey for Business, which is the end-all be-all uh, that has you know, pretty much every feature that we have uh, on the SKU. Uh, those are more of a complete software management experience out of the box, right? And so there's more things in there for adding reliability uh, with uh, the MSP edition and, and use of that community repository. We're actually making that a little bit more reliable because we have a private CDN uh, where uh, that CDN uh, caches those downloads and instead of going out to those remote sites, it's pulling it directly uh, from there. And so uh, what you're seeing is uh, we have a lot more with system integration. We are adding endpoint management, and that's only going into Chocolatey for Business for now, but we'll talk about uh, a little bit of that uh, once we get to a roadmap. Uh, we're also seeing a lot more visual interfaces with Chocolatey and a lot of features that are geared specifically for uh, organizations. And so uh, this is a pretty familiar interface uh, for folks that have used Chocolatey in the past. Chocolatey is seven years, uh, you know, mostly uh, being used from the command line. Uh, and some people tend to like that, uh, but there's also a graphical interface that is called Chocolatey GUI. Uh, it's been around for a while. Our recent edition uh, versions have just added the tile-based view uh, of those things that folks could install. And this is great for desktop users. Uh, where you might uh, give folks the ability to uh, come in and uh, you know manage their own software uh, and so there's nothing that precludes an MSP from picking up that chocolatey for business edition uh, setting up self-service management so those non-administrative desktop users would be able to go ahead and install and upgrade software uh, without necessarily having to file a ticket uh, or anything like that and so um, pretty pretty dynamic there Another thing about Chocolatey, uh, when it comes to um, managing packages that uh, manage installers, right? So uh, those, uh, you're gonna see a lot of packages like that where it, uh, Chocolatey installs the package and the package 
would install some software into programs and features. Those packages, we call those installer packages. There's a lot of them out there. Uh, but uh, nine times out of 10, uh, when Chocolatey installs one of those, it doesn't need an uninstall script to remove that software. Chocolatey already knows how. And didn't mention it integrates with everything. So uh, there's a really tight integration in the DevOps area, uh, mostly because uh, you know, tools like Puppet, Chef, PowerShell, DSC, SaltStack, Ansible allow you to uh, work with Chocolatey in the dialect that they have, right? So they have their own languages and uh, they integrate tightly with Chocolatey features. Uh, when it comes to uh, you know, SCCM or RMMM, there's RMM, uh, anything that can run scripts, uh, sometimes it's a bit more of a naive integration uh, in that you uh, use those tools to actually direct Chocolatey to do things uh, through uh, scripting to that uh, command line interface. Uh, what uh, there is out there, I think in lab tech, there is a plugin and it's uh, for Chocolatey. It's actually written by a different company uh, and they, uh, they don't say it's plugins for lab tech, uh, might be their name now. Uh, they had a different name before. Uh, so I'm trying to think of what that was, Squidworks, right? Uh, but I think it's plugins for, for lab tech now. Um, they uh, might even be plugins for Connect. I'm not sure. Uh, they, uh, they work on that plugin and they work with us on that a, a bit. And uh, yeah, that, that's been around for a while. And uh, it's, it's a pretty good tool to add in uh, to ConnectWise, uh, Automate. Uh, and so yeah, definitely uh, recommended uh, when you're looking in that area. And uh, we definitely have folks that uh, pick that up and then they pick up the MSP edition of Chocolatey for a little bit more reliability. Uh, so that's definitely there. All right, so kind of stepping into reporting and auditing, uh, very important, uh, especially as you start to see things like uh, GDPR regulations and, and other things, we're being able to see what's installed and, and uh, be in compliance with uh, those types of things. And so one of the, the most important things to understand about Chocolatey, again, because it's not just managing installers, uh, it is much more comprehensive. Right, because it's seeing things that you would have installed like sysinternals type tools or other things that you would have brought in through Chocolatey and you get a nice report on those things as well. And uh, it's really good to have that because you get an awareness. Uh, the reason you need that awareness is guess what? Those things have security findings too. It's not just those things that get installed into programs and features. Uh, Chocolatey is gonna bring you that awareness. Right? And that's uh, very, very important for a lot of organizations is getting that complete view of their systems. Now, uh, in Chocolatey for Business, we also have an auditing feature that we can actually see who installed that software, when it was installed, and what's the history of that uh, for that particular package. Uh, Chocolatey has very detailed logging. So one of the things we just added all the way back at open source was actually a reflection on the error exit codes that actually have, give people actionable information. So when you get a 1603 error, uh, from an MSI and uh, you're kind of perplexed in what that means. Uh, typically that's a generic error uh, for MSIs and you actually have to inspect the MSI log. Our, uh, our error message that comes back will actually tell you that, that you need to go uh, inspect the MSI log, look for return value three and just look right above that a few lines and that should point you to what the error was. Now, nine times out of 10 is probably a pending reboot uh, that needs to happen before we'll let that MSI install, but lots of really good information there uh, that relates to you know, the big installers and their exit codes. Uh, another thing that Chocolatey offers is being able to see what's out of date. So when you are working with organizations, uh, you can uh, pull reports uh, on this outdated to see what's out of date on their systems. 
right? Uh, and that is, if you're, you're waiting for a maintenance window to come up, you're gonna get an idea of how long that's gonna take uh, when you're gonna upgrade all that stuff with Shockley. Uh, a really important note uh, that you're seeing here is with that awareness, you might be able to work with that organization to make better decisions about when you need that maintenance window. Uh, really uh, interesting thing you'll see in that very first item, it's, a, it's an SSH server. It's two major versions out of date. Now, if I saw that, I would recommend we take that down immediately and correct that issue because that is way out of date and there are probably a ton of security issues that go with that. I would not have had that awareness uh, had I not had a report that I could look at that would give me that information. Now, uh, I'll go back to these. So all of these reports are, are run locally on those machines. What uh, typically folks that are doing that are using open source are using the MSP edition is they're gonna be aggregating that information uh, text-based into a location and then pulling that uh, into whatever systems they might be using for that reporting so that they can then do more of the querying across systems. Uh, one of the things that we're pulling uh, up soon is a, a tool uh, that we're going to be releasing on, on the business end that's called, uh, or Chocolate for Business End, called Chocolatey Central Management, where it will aggregate all these reports into one location. Uh, we're actually shipping betas uh, to our select customers of ours uh, to see that, that aspect uh, very soon. Uh, and so uh, we're starting to work on getting the packaging ready so we can get something out to them. And so we look at a, a package repository uh, that we would have because uh, typically you're going to want to have your own because not only uh, do you see maybe packages you could use on that community repository, but you're going to have your own other software that you're going to bring into the mix as well. Now, uh, the options out there, uh, Artifactory Pro, Nexus, ProGet, uh, Chocolatey Server, the big options we see folks using. Now, MyGet uh, is the only hosted solution in this list. Now, that's uh, what I think Visual Studio Team services endpoints are also hosted. But when we talk about that, we're really talking about TFS as well. Uh, what we see a lot of MSPs use is uh, Sonatype Nexus. The reason we see that is Sonatype Nexus has a free edition uh, that does work with Chocolatey and NuGet type repositories. Uh, ProGet does as well, I believe. Uh, and so those are our two options. The reason that we recommend either Artifactory, Nexus, or ProGet a lot of times is it's an on-prem solution and uh, it can support not just one uh, repository. Uh, when you're working with multiple customers, uh, you need to have easy management of multiple repositories and you get that through their interfaces. So you get that one install, you get multiple chocolatey and NuGet type repositories and you can move packages through it. So typically with an MSP, what we see is they set up one base repository that applies to maybe all their customers. And then they have a repository, at least one repository per customer. And uh, repositories is where you manage that security. Uh, that's the, the end all of where the security level happens. So it's not a per package security, it's package at that repository level. So being able to do that there uh, allows for uh, very easy customizations uh, per uh, different customer, but maybe have you know, even like the same package name as part of that customization. So uh, pretty, uh, pretty comprehensive. Ability so, to... so Rob, I want to, I want to interject a few questions real quick. Go for it. Does Chocolatey allow for upgrades or uninstalls of existing installed software or only things that Chocolatey has installed itself? That is a great question. Uh, and so when you are looking to have Chocolatey take over something uh, and it's not yet managing it, 
if that package you're getting ready to install is a newer version than what's installed, uh, you can simply do Chaco install or Chaco upgrade, whatever that is, and it'll take over that existing installation. Uh, now, if you're looking for a bit more comprehensive where I already have this stuff and I just want chocolate to take over everything very easily, we're going to talk about something that does that, that will eventually make it down to the MSP edition uh, in a few minutes. Um, the other side of that is I want chocolate to be able to uninstall uh, things that it is not managing. I do, I'm not sure if that's an MSP edition. It might be, uh, but it's definitely in the business edition where I can say uh, Chaco uninstall from programs and features and then give it an indication of what that ID is as it's seen in the display name in programs and features with a wildcard. Uh, I could do the wildcard if I need that. Uh, and that's kind of a way to, to blacklist some things out. So yeah, uh, all of those things are achievable. Uh, and even if you are trying to install the same version, then it comes down to that, that software installer and uh, whether it would allow that or not. Uh, sometimes you, you are able to see it do that and sometimes it's not able to. It's just sometimes it's software dependent. Uh, and that's uh, the best I could give on that. Uh, it's just because, you know, in the world of Windows, the, the wild world of Windows uh, software uh, installers are a special snowflake. Each of them is different. <laughs> um, can, we, can we use chocolate to install programs into the standard location for the program, which might be, you know, mm -hmm program files x86 or is it going to go into program data slash chocolatey uh, uh, so that's a great uh, question that leads right into this next part uh, so when chocolatey uh, manages packages and packages manage software a chocolatey package is that in upkg file right that goes into program data chocolatey into a, a lib location the reason that we track uh, a different registry than programs and features is exactly that. Uh, Chocolate treats everything as a first-class citizen. So no matter what that package manages, uh, it's a first-class citizen as uh, everything else. And so Chocolate does need a client installed, so it is able to track those zips and other things that are, that are managed through Chocolate as well. Now, um, those software installers, right, uh, and the software that they represent, that goes to the standard location. Uh, and so what Chocolatey is doing when it's working with installer packages is typically doing what you would do if you were doing a silent installation or silent deployment or unattended deployment. It's no different than that. Uh, it's not trying to do anything special uh, in that regard. Uh, now, typically it, it uh, already has a, a lot of good things that really speed up the process of figuring that out. Uh, and so that's where you see a lot of that Chocolatey goodness and being able to manage that upgrade uh, and uh, uninstall uh, quite easily but being able to take that to the next level. Like I said, uh, if uh, that installer doesn't put something on the path, uh, there is a function in Chocolatey you can use to make sure that that happens. But not the installer, but the actual software when it goes into program, uh, program files, right? Uh, now, these new packages, these NUPKG files, they are just fancy zip files. Uh, they know about versioning and dependencies, and uh, typically you're gonna see PowerShell in there. So if you were to extract out one of those, um, you could actually see uh, metadata in a new spec file, uh, PowerShell in there uh, a lot of times. And then you're also going to see runtime binaries and native installers. Typically, especially internally, you'll see those uh, down in packages. Uh, when it comes to creating packages, one of the things that we have uh, open source uh, is Chaco New. And uh, this allows you to create packages. So uh, going back to your question, Steve, 
doesn't cost anything to create packages. It does not cost anything to host your own internal packages. Nice. So, uh, as I said earlier, Nexus is free. Froga has a free edition. Uh, Chocolate server is free, uh, open source even. And when it comes to creating your own packages, uh, we have what we call Chocolate New, and that's going to generate out of a default template uh, packaging. It's going to have about 80% of the work done. So it's just up to you to figure out that additional 20% to figure out how to get that piece of software installed uh, or get that zip unpacked uh, and uh, available in the place that you need it, right? And any additional configuration you might want to do. Um, and so one of the things that we heard from a lot of organizations is that, you know, when I'm creating my own packages, it does have a bit of a ramp up period. Uh, and if there was a way uh, that we could actually speed that up, that would be very beneficial. Uh, and so one of the things we brought to the business edition is package builder. This is where the confusion that some people get, and you don't need package builder to create packages. Package builder is like creating packages on steroids, right? Uh, it gives you the option to right click on an installer, right click on an MSI, and it can, uh, you can choose to create, uh, bring up the package builder UI that you see here, or uh, go ahead and generate that package. And what it's gonna do is it's gonna create a fully unattended software deployment in five seconds. Now, um, to be honest, there's really nothing that can get you a software deployment faster than that. It's, this is the fastest thing that's out there. Uh, and what it's gonna say, it's gonna look at that installer. Uh, it's gonna figure out everything that's uh, necessary for installing it you know, silently, get it all wrapped up for you and uh, get it all figured out, right? And so you can also, um, because it's scriptable, uh, you can point this to a whole archive of all your installers and it can go through there and very quickly uh, generate these packages. Now, 70% of the software installers out there are fully uh, automatable, right? And Chuck is gonna be able to get them all the way. Um, there are some out there that don't fall into the 21 formats that Chocolate knows how to automate uh, or they fall into, and they may not be uh, a very good installer. And so there is that aspect as well. Uh, uh, you know, or it's like Office or, or, or Visual Studio. And what Chocolatey does when it's working with those is it gets everything arranged and it actually creates a to-do list that gives you instructions on what you need to do to finish off getting that package uh, ready to go, right? And so uh, with Office, with uh, uh, Visual Studio, typically those need an XML file. Unfortunately, Chocolatey is not going to generate that for you. But uh, it'll get everything arranged and then you'll just have to add that in. Another great tool, this does say C for B, uh, didn't get updated, I guess, beforehand, but this is also available in MSP edition. And uh, we uh, brought this down uh, quite a few months ago. What this allows us to do is say, hey, you know what? Um, there are packages on the community repository I want to reuse. I want to make sure they're reliable. I want to make sure they're offline and don't use up a lot of bandwidth with my customers. So I want to bring them internal uh, to my repository and uh, you know, still kind of build on that schedule of just letting, uh, you know, whoever it is that I've watched out there that created this package, let them manage that schedule for when it gets updated. Uh, typically, the, the most popular chocolatey packages uh, will get updated within six hours of the software getting updated. There's a tool called AU. Uh, AU is auto package, uh, not auto package, automatic update. Uh, auto package is a Mac OS uh, type tool uh, that it works with, I believe, Monkey, uh, that, uh, you know, it's very similar, uh, but it's, it's more for Macs. Uh, but ours is called Auto, Automatic uh, Package Updater. And uh, that particular one uh, is open source, so it can be used as well. Uh, when you do want to set up your own packages and then kind of let that manage uh, getting those things moving very quickly. And so that's uh, you know, very beneficial as well. But uh, back to package internalizer, uh, what it will do uh, is you can uh, reach out 
uh, and have it point to some packages. Uh, and when it's looking at that package, it's going to pre-download that package. It'll pre-download uh, all the dependencies, and then it goes through each one of those packages, and it finds those external URLs that it might use at runtime, and it pre-downloads all that as well, and embeds it right into the package. And then it, it rewrites the packaging, so it's you know, completely offline using that stuff that's downloaded, and then uh, hands that to you. Uh, now, you could say, you know what, I don't actually want the binaries in the package, but I do want them over here on the share, uh, and you can do that with that as well. And then we'll rewrite the packaging to point to that um, as well. So it doesn't have to be inside of the package if you don't want it to be. Now, what uh, you'll see on our feature page, uh, we'll share, uh, and uh, other areas is that a lot of folks uh, will want to automate that process so they can have it completely hands off. We totally recommend that. Uh, what uh, typically they would do is they would set this up with Jenkins or uh, Team City or some other type of CI system or a scheduled task. And uh, then uh, they would have it look at packages every once in a while. And when newer versions of those became available, uh, when their script uh, went through it, uh, it would make sure that everything was brought in. And uh, a couple other additional steps they usually do is they go ahead and push that to a test repository and email themselves so they can go in and check and be sure everything's good to go before they push it over to their production repositories, right? Where they're pushing out packages for customers and all that. Uh, and uh, on the feature page, there is a couple of uh, resources from some of our, our customers that are out big in the community. I've written some articles and uh, one of them has a, a GitHub repository. You can actually go look at his script that he runs on a regular basis to, to make sure the packages are updated. Uh, and so how does it work uh, when it comes to package internalizer and all that? And so uh, typically uh, this is where I like to uh, defer to my friend Shia. Right, so, um, like magic? Yeah, so <laughs> magic. Uh, I didn't mention it, but we also have professional packaging services that we offer. Uh, when folks uh, don't have the expertise to deal with some of those uh, terrible uh, installers or installers that don't lend themselves well to automation, uh, one of the things that Chocolatey provides uh, is a tool called packaging, uh, I'm sorry, a tool, but uh, a group, uh, a support team called our packaging, I can't talk this afternoon, I'm sorry. Uh, packaging support services. And so typically folks will get with them uh, to get these things uh, completely automated. And uh, uh, if anybody's interested in looking at something like that, uh, it'd be uh, worth reaching out. Uh, definitely as part of the FAQ or, or uh, questions later, we could go into that a bit more. So, um, so package synchronizer does say chocolate for business, but AutoSync uh, goes into all license editions. So the most important thing to understand about AutoSync is uh, and this comes back to what I was talking about earlier. Chocolatey manages packages and packages manage software. And they might manage software going into programs and features. They might manage software uh, being unzipped. They might do other things. Uh, Chocolatey manages packages. And uh, on the open source, this is especially true. It doesn't do anything other than that. And so if you're going to be manipulating the state of that software, you would do it through Chocolatey. And if that doesn't happen, uh, with open source especially, there becomes a bit of a disconnect. And so uh, when you do install software into programs and features through a package with Chocolatey, if uh, someone were to come along and manually uninstall that software uh, directly from programs and features or upgrade it outside of Chocolatey, you now have a disconnect because that package has not changed, right? And so one of the things that uh, we let our licensed editions do is actually you know, be a little bit more into that software management. So we know when it comes to those installer packages, the state of those packages 
is really dependent on things you know outside of chocolate. Uh, and so what we do with AutoSync is we actually see that those changes have occurred and uh, we update the state of the packages to match the actual system state. And so as you're seeing in the image here, this image is actually a little older, uh, it says it's removing the one password package because the one password software has uninstalled outside of Chocolatey, right? And so that is our auto sync. And so how it manages, it manages for things that are already installed. Another thing uh, that we have in there is sometimes uh, you already have things that are doing inventory reporting. They're looking at what's in programs and features only, right? Uh, and so one of the things with Chocolatey uh, that you can do, I think, I'm not sure if that one's only in Chocolatey for business or down in MSP, but uh, you could flip a switch and you could actually uh, share, have Chocolatey start seeing all managed uh, packages as part of what's in programs and features. And it's not just the ones that have installers. So as you're seeing in the image, we have Launchy, there's the underlying native installer. So Chocolatey does not need to create a managed entry for that, but something like sysinternals or other tools like screen to get here uh, or your own internal stuff, uh, you can get Chocolatey to create those entries as well. And so if you have uh, support URLs or links for your customers and you're creating things, you could actually put that into uh, the new spec and it'll show up right there in programs and features. Package synchronizer. Uh, this is the one where uh, we were talking about with that question earlier is I have uh, software already pre-installed on the these machines and I want Chocolatey to actually take over everything. And uh, so that's our Choco Sync command. Uh, Choco Sync currently is only in Chocolatey for business. And the reason it is, is it uses package builder to figure out the names of these packages so they don't necessarily match what's, what you see on the, the, the community repository, although there are ways to, to manage to that. Uh, it's not an automatic thing. So uh, what it does is it looks at uh, programs and features. It looks at everything that's in the uninstall registries. It looks for local MSIs if they're available, generates this packaging on the fly and brings all of that software under chocolate management very quickly. Uh, and so then uh, you're able to take that packaging code back and then start uh, working with that to work on upgrades and other things, right? And so uh, one of the, the nice things that we're looking to do uh, in open source and above is have uh, package indexes. And once we have package indexes, uh, we are gonna be introducing a, a Choco Sync version to the MSP editions and also the professional edition that's able to uh, look back at those sources and see if there's a package that's similar to the name that, that something like package builder would have gotten right and if there is uh, we'll just sync that package in right uh, instead of building a package and so that's a very high highly desired feature we've been talking about it for a long time uh, and we'll probably be talking about it for at least most of the rest of this year hopefully we'll have it in uh, third or fourth quarter now the uh, the big thing there is we want to be sure that we have package indexes implemented first. Uh, so uh, we don't want uh, a feature like that to cause undue stress on something like our community repository. We have to make sure uh, that uh, package indexes will keep that uh, down because package indexes uh, every once in a while go pull, uh, pull uh, those sources you're using, pull all that information locally so you have an index of that. So it doesn't actually have to reach out the next time that you ask a question. Uh, all that information is right there on that system. And so uh, we get a question on how does that work? We'll move right past that. Um, 
So another thing that we have, of course, is self-service installer. We, we already talked about that a bit, but uh, when you think of Chocolatey, Chocolatey does not have a, has a client on a system. It does not have a background service. Uh, when you're using something like self-service installer, uh, you do need a background service. And so we have a, an optional thing called the Chocolatey agent. Uh, the nice thing about the Chocolatey agent is it does uh, enable those non-administrative users to be able to install and upgrade software through our self-service. But uh, one of the things we're adding also is the ability to set up maintenance windows uh, and uh, ensuring that software gets upgraded uh, on those systems even when we uh, don't have access to them necessarily. Uh, another thing is uh, that's what's going to hook up to our uh, central management. Another really nice thing that uh, you'll see with Chocolatey is, uh, so this goes back to that whole conversation about uh, Chocolatey packages. They go onto a system, then that software gets uh, installed and that goes onto the system, the un uninstaller and all of that. Uh, but in the Chocolatey uh, lot, in the lib folder, right? Uh, what you're gonna see is there's new packages in there and those uh, typically contain uh, everything in them uh, that also gets unpacked into that Chocolatey directory. And so in keeping that space down, one of the tools that we have is called Package Reducer. And this automatically uh, will clean that up, uh, in ensuring that uh, that new spec or that new package gets deflated. So it removes everything that's unnecessary from there, brings it down to 5K. And so now uh, that really optimizes uh, Chocolatey and, being, and using Chocolatey over time, keeping that space down, keeping those new packages small. Uh, another tool that's in Package Reducer is Chocolate Optimize. So if you do have an existing system you're gonna run Chocolate Optimize to go through all of that and just clean everything up and it really optimizes and speeds up Chocolate. So I see a question up there about Chocolate Upgrade requiring a package name. Chocolate Upgrade All, that's what you're looking for. So Chocolate Upgrade All uh, looks at every single one of your packages, resolves to if each one of those has an upgrade and will upgrade. And, uh, oh, it's actually right here, Chuck Wolf right off. And so that's our Windows update for all of your third-party internal software. And so for everything you are managing through Chocolatey, uh, if there is an upgrade, it will make sure that that happens. Um, so wait, are you, you're saying Choco Upgrade All will do updates to everything that Chocolatey is managing? Yes. Now, now it says Windows Update. Oh yeah, we we just call it the Windows Update for your third-party and internal software. So um, okay, because you got you got Windows Update that manages Windows updates, and that's uh, you know there was a, a time a long time ago uh, where we all thought that that was going to be third-party software as well. And I don't know if you recall this. It was back in like the uh, end of Windows ninety-eight, maybe into Windows XP days, mm. uh, somewhere in there. And we were like, oh sweet, this is going to happen. It never happened. Uh, and so uh, Windows Update never managed more than like drivers and uh, Windows uh, updates and kernel updates themselves and, and other Microsoft things. Like I think they put Office and uh, .NET framework here, but you never got that third party stuff, right? And so that uh, was kind of, uh, you know, one of those things where you, know, you always wondered if, uh, you know, how would the Windows ecosystem been different uh, if there was a way for those uh, third party vendors to have gotten their stuff in there as well, right? So uh, that's why we call Choco Upgrade all uh, Windows update for all of your third party software right, and uh, internal stuff as well. Um, another couple of things that you'll see in Chocolatey is uh, if you are just packaging up a utility, uh, typically uh, you can uh, drop that command, uh, the executable file right into the package and, uh, chop and, and do nothing else, right? Uh, and uh, Chocolatey will actually shim it up. Right? So it's sort of like Simlinks, 
uh, but better, right? So it's going to put that uh, software into a location that's on the path so you can actually address it from the command line uh, very easily, uh, very, very nice. Uh, there's also the concept of package parameters and install arguments. And these things allow us to actually customize functionality at runtime, right? So as uh, you may have a SKU or something you want to pass through a license key, uh, you would use something like package parameters to be able to have that customization. Another really big thing you're going to find in open source is uh, you can bring in your own PowerShell functionality through PowerShell modules and be able to deploy those as Chocolatey extensions. They get loaded up as if they were built into Chocolatey. They have that same deployment and package mechanism. Uh, and so you, you do have the ability to take dependencies on those and make sure that they're updated, right? And so uh, it's wonderful for organizations that are using that. Um, all versions, uh, all license editions also have what we call our ubiquitous install directory options. So if we are installing some software, we don't want it to go to the standard location. Uh, and we don't want to figure out how to pass that underlying argument to change it. Uh, we can pass minus minus directory and chocolatey for the 12 types of installers that actually do support that. We'll figure out how to pass it to that native installer for us, right, in the right way. Uh, and another thing that we get in there is sometimes we'll want to pass secrets through, uh, package parameter sensitive, uh, and install argument sensitive. We'll make sure that those stay out of the chocolatey logs. We also have package throttle in all of our licensed editions where it actually allow you to slow chocolatey down when you're trying to deploy into low bandwidth environments. Uh, on the roadmap uh, as well, uh, we have a chocolate deploy. Uh, this is gonna come to the business edition first. Uh, and that is a command line side. Uh, we are looking to how we can get that into, uh, you know, that MSP edition eventually. Uh, and so. Uh, the reason that goes into that deploy uh, chocolate for businesses does require that uh, chocolatey agent we talked about. Uh, and so on the right there, you're seeing the teaser image that we've had out for a little while on our central management, right? So chocolate central management uh, is a nice place where chocolate will be aggregating all of these different reports we were talking about into one location so we can get a really clear view of, you know, the computers and the software and all of that stuff that's on our customer uh, systems, right? And so uh, even though the groups image looks like a people icon, that's actually groups of computers, right? Uh, so if you're thinking of like groups and collections, that's uh, kind of what that encompasses. So we have reports and the ability to do deployments. Now, uh, in that very first system, uh, uh, that first beta that we'll be shipping out, uh, it's really just having that dashboard and being able to see uh, what software is available on what computers. And uh, we're going to be adding more and more to this uh, over time. Um, Unfortunately, that will probably remain only in chocolate for business. So uh, that's just something to consider. Uh, the pricing between the two is, uh, you know, it might be a big hurdle for some, uh, but it does have quite a bit more functionality that comes with it that uh, uh, is pretty, uh, pretty beneficial for organizations. Uh, we are looking to add uh, Windows Nano support, and that would be down in the open source edition. Uh, although we're trying to figure out uh, if that's been de-emphasized or not, uh, we are looking to go to the .NET Core runtime where we would need to be uh, so that we could support Windows Nano. Uh, we are also adding WSA AppX support uh, to Chocolatey. Uh, at some point, uh, hopefully, uh, Microsoft uh, uh, will add the ability to do upgrades through their package management or OneGet tool, uh, and so we could have a official Chocolatey provider. Uh, now, uh, package management, uh, for those that don't know, is a package manager manager for Windows 10 and Windows Server 2016. It does not manage any packages whatsoever. That's package management um, uh, or OneGet, uh, which uh, that's, uh, that name is kind of uh, funny in that way. Uh, uh, knowing 
how it actually works. Uh, it manages other package managers, right? And so there are prototypes. Uh, there's a prototype for Chocolatey uh, that was built a while back. It uh, does. It's not. It doesn't have all the features that you would see inside of Chocolatey. And, and uh, we fixed a lot of security issues uh, with Chocolatey uh, over the the, the last uh, I want to say two or three years now. And I don't know if those have also been addressed in that uh, particular tool. So uh, there could be some of that. So it's something to, to keep in mind. There's another one uh, that's also built by Microsoft uh, that addresses the ability to work with your own internal packages, uh, which again, 95% of the packages out there. So a pretty important feature uh, that is also built by Microsoft called Chocolatey Get. Uh, that's a much more uh, ready to go provider uh, for package management when working with Chocolatey. Uh, package enhancements, we're always uh, working on adding more. Uh, so we're definitely going to see a lot of that. Uh, one of the big things we're going to see in probably quarter two or quarter three is uh, being able to get some of that validation uh, and seeing some of the consistency and quality for a package when you create it. So at, at pack time versus pushing that up to the community repository and letting it check for that quality and consistency at that point, right? So seeing it you know, very quickly, getting that feedback for folks that don't necessarily push up to that repository. Right, and so another is uh, GPG signing uh, for traceability on the community side. We're also uh, adding authentic code signing. That's more geared toward organizations and uh, being able to, to lock down uh, to that. Um, and then uh, we have been researching possible support for other platforms, but we don't have any news in, in that area yet. So, all right, um, before I switch over to the demo, say this is you. And uh, this is your own chocolate. And always a fun thing. All right. Uh, <laughs> so let's get into to this demo uh, a little bit closer so we can see what's going on here. And so um, if we were to go to a system here, and so this particular system does have chocolate installed. I do have the PowerShell uh, tab completion stuff installed for chocolate. So I get that tab and that, you know, context sensitive tab completion. Uh, which is handy because I don't type well. Uh, and so <laughs> when we run Chaco uh, new, uh, this is that process of creating package. So we, we said, hey, I want to create a package for Adobe Reader. I'll go ahead and call that. And that's going to create that uh, packaging from that default template. That default template has a lot of interweave documentation. You see there's a lot of stuff that comes with that, uh, just came out of that. And so we're going to pull this up, take a look at it a little closer. Uh, what I like people to see, uh, especially uh, when you're looking at newer additions to Chocolatey, is we actually have this to-do list, right? Uh, and this, this particular to-do has a nice decision matrix. So if you are using Chocolatey for internal use, don't do what you see on the community repository. Uh, they do that because they have to. Um, we like to see folks embed those binaries. That is the most reliable experience when you're using Chocolatey. You have everything you need inside of that package and no remote resources. Right. And so uh, if you were to uh, download from URLs or use a shared location, just make sure it's all internal. Right. So you get that full reliability. Um, can we talk about the different package types uh, here that, that kind of lean you to? Yeah, you have installer packages. Um, this is very similar to what you see with Nine-Nine. Uh, there's also zip packages, portable packages, configuration packages, and other things as well. Right. So lots of different types of things that you can create. Uh, and then in filling out how those packages contents, we typically go through that at a pretty high level. Uh, but you also have a test environment uh, where you can work inside of a virtual machine to test this packaging you're creating. So you have to worry about those installers uh, messing up a system, right? Because uh, when you're working in that virtual machine, you can just throw that away and uh, recreate it to your heart's desire. 
we also have a workshop uh, that's online uh, that you can use this comes in that to do from Chaco New, uh, whatever name you want to give it, in Chaco Day 0108 and above, right? Uh, you'll see uh, this workshop goes everything uh, from just general packaging all the way up to advanced techniques uh, when working with uh, things and setting up your internal server. Um, now there is a license of verification file if you are pushing to the community repository, you need those. If you are not, uh, you, uh, you can get rid of those uh, very quickly. And, and uh, misspoke a little bit if you are embedding binaries into the package and going to the community repository, you need those. Those are verification for the community uh, when they come out and see it. And also for those moderators on you know, feeling comfortable with a checksum of that stuff is matching a checksum of something I could go get uh, for those very security conscious folks right? Uh, that might be using that. There is a new spec. Uh, this is where, and you can see very heavily documented, uh, where we have a package specific set of metadata a software specific set of metadata, but we also get it, uh, what we call our dependency management in here, right? So when you are working with a, a package manager, uh, one of the really strong points you'll see for software management is being able to manage dependencies in a very easy way, right? So if you could imagine for a second, uh, we know it's not true, but if we said that Adobe actually depended on Java and it needed to be at least version six and it had to be less than version nine, you can imagine uh, how complex that might be to specify in other systems or like say, I need this minimum version of this thing, uh, or you know, maybe it was, I could have even version nine, but not version 10, I would be able to put that in. Uh, and then also uh, exact versions and other ways of doing that. Now, uh, the really uh, important part of this is not necessarily when we're looking at the dependency here, but once we pull that out and start thinking about that, what if Java has dependencies and those dependencies have dependencies in different ranges of versions and all that, uh, Chocolatey and uh, a true package manager uh, is easy, is able to very easily manage that complex, complex type of thing that you do see uh, when you are working with uh, that Windows software ecosystem. Um, being able to manage that in other things, uh, you kind of have to either externalize it and uh, manage that complex stuff and be able to make sure it's up to date. This is all baked right into that package. Just going to make sure that Java is installed before it and that Java has things that need to be done beforehand. Uh, it kind of works its way back. So it's very, very comprehensive. Uh, I did mention, you know, when we're talking about uh, PowerShell modules and bringing in those, what we call extension packages, uh, they actually have a convention at the end of dot extension, right? So that's going to bring in uh, that functionality uh, that might have extra things uh, that might be uh, really important for us to be able to use inside of the package itself. Um, also, README, uh, README for creating packages and other things in here as well. Uh, get you over into our documentation. Our documentation is great reference doc. There's a lot of documentation. It's not so great when you're trying to search for things or learn things. We know that uh, we're trying to work on making that aspect better. Right? So that's something you're going to see from us this year as well, making uh, all that documentation a bit better. And then uh, we get into really the heart of uh, you know that that packaging is we have three PowerShell scripts. So we have a before modify. Uh, an install script and an uninstall script. So before modify, before upgrade, before uninstall, I have the opportunity to shut down processes and services. Uh, however, you know, Chocolate is, is quite good at handling locking. So typically you're only gonna need this file, you know, 2% of the time, right? So uh, you can pretty much get rid of that. Now, uh, when we are working on the uninstall side and we're working with installer packages, again, auto uninstaller is gonna handle that for us. Again, nine times out of 10, and uh, so we don't necessarily need this file, so we could probably delete it. Now, if we do need to be explicit or we do need this for some reason, uh, we would come in and specify that name of the software as we see it, programs and features, 
And then are we dealing with an MSI or an EXC on the uh, installer, right? And uh, if it is MSI, that's all we need, right? Uh, it is able to do all the rest of that for us. If it's an executable installer, however, uh, we are gonna need to provide those silent arguments uh, to figure that out. Now, uh, that said, there's some other functions that we can also use that Chocolatey has that are available, uh, but this is just strictly PowerShell. So we could remove everything and uh, then uh, write uh, our own script here. And so if, uh, learn to spell, uh, <laughs> we could, uh, if in the install script, we were copying some files to a location in the uninstall script, of course, we would do the opposite. We would uninstall that stuff or remove it. Uh, or if we were creating a, uh, putting something on the path, uh, we would want to remove it from the path as part of that uninstall script. All right, so then the install script, this is where you're gonna see uh, a lot of uh, really helpful documentation really leading organizations and other folks down the right path, right? So when you are uh, building packages, uh, you typically want to be bringing those binaries right into the package. That's the most reliable experience. We call that embedding. Uh, if those embedded binaries, they go above, you know, one gigabyte or two gigabytes, maybe you'll pull that out to a share, right? Or you might use some internal uh, URLs. Now, you remember I mentioned Nexus, Artifactory, and ProGuide. Guess what? They have... Uh, a place where you can put really big binaries and uh, be able to download them with Chocolatey at runtime. So uh, if you can go get the Chocolatey package uh, from those repositories, they have another repository type called uh, raw repositories or binary repositories, uh, you could also download from them. And so uh, you still get that, that nice experience uh, where you don't have to have very large packages, but everything uh, is much more reliable. Uh, coming down in here, we have install Chocolatey package. And then there's another way point folks to be used, and that's install chocolatey install package, right? And so, so uh, as far as when the session ends, uh, my assumption was at 30 after, uh, and so that's where I was kind of basing things to. Yep, I've got tons of questions for you now. Oh, fantastic! So, uh, so so I'm I'm seeing this stuff, and I'm like wow, I didn't realize this was this powerful. But I've, powerful. Yeah. I've had uh, a few people send me some private messages. Uh, one was a GIF with a deer and headlights. <laughs> yeah, so, so stepping back a bit on, on some of that. So, I mean, the, the thing is, Chocolatey is very flexible, very powerful. Uh, you can create packages. Uh, I won't necessarily go into to some of that, but... Uh, kind of coming out of that deer and headlights a bit, uh, let's say uh, we have something like one password we want to get onto systems uh, with Chocolate for Business. Of course, we get that right-click create package, creates that fully unattended software deployment for us, right? And uh, as we look and try to understand exactly what that means, uh, what Chocolate is doing is it's creating that software deployment as that install script, right? And so it's managing to that installer itself uh, where it's providing all the silent arguments. So the same thing with MSIs. Uh, and so uh, when uh, we're using uh, something like uh, the MSP edition, uh, what we're doing with that is uh, where we be pulling up something that's this package builder UI. Now, but it's a little bit different in Chocolatey for MSP. Uh, it, you have to actually specify what those silent arguments are. Uh, you have to provide all of the information on how to build out that package. Uh, but uh, you, know, you get that concept of generating. Uh, so uh, maybe uh, stepping back just a bit uh, from that point, uh, I'm gonna grab this and bring it back. Uh, the, the big thing you wanna see uh, when you are creating packages and all that 
is okay. So uh, I have this new package. Uh, it's going to manage that software. Uh, has that, that actual software installer in it. And so now I want to do Chaco install. Uh, sorry, going back here. If we look in the folder, you can see it's there, right? So Chaco install one password uh, minus y, and then to this location, right? Uh, we're going to be picking that up. And so. And as we run that, uh, we get that particular piece of software installed for us very quickly. Uh, now, one of the things, uh, and I don't know if we've gotten that updated just yet, is we can actually then push that up to a repository uh, where uh, we would use that internally. Uh, so from here, is, let's, let's go over to the GUIs and bring that. <laughs> right, and so uh, as we take a look uh, what Chocolaty is managing, uh, we have that Chocolaty uh, UI uh, and that, uh, gives us a really nice view of that. All of the different servers that are configured, there's nothing on this particular one yet, uh, but then we could take a look at what's on the chocolatey repository and pull that and take a look. By default, it flips over the tiles, but this version we have in the demo did not. Uh, and so we get that nice tile view. And so you can see some of these say they're out of date. Uh, it gives us a really nice view of that. Uh, when it comes to uh, setting up things uh, for that uh, internal use, right? And so going back to the fact that we don't recommend uh, that you use the community repository directly. So uh, if you were to say, hey, uh, I actually want to use, I want to bring Google Chrome in, and I want to get that onto a schedule, right? And so I'd say chocolate download, and then I would automate this, and uh, I'll show you the structure for that. Uh, chocolate download Chrome, uh, Google Chrome, because that's the name of it on the community repository, and I want to run it with internalize. And uh, what happens is Chocolatey goes and gets that package, right? And uh, we're gonna watch this go. I'm gonna try to jump in and, and show you what's happening here. Uh, and so it's going and uh, let's see if I beat it. And so it's grabbed those MSIs. And so if we go back and actually look at that package on the community repository over here, and so I'm gonna start here and uh, we'll search for Google Chrome. Google. It's going to bring me to Google Chrome. I have to click this the first time, but uh, you'll see when I look at the packaging here, this is all that's in there. Uh, there's an install script, right? And that install script, so this is a lot of what you see with Chocolatey uh, on the community repository. It actually, at runtime, it has to go out and get those binaries. It does checksumming to be sure that those are what is expected. Everything gets checked against antivirus uh, virus total, right? So coming back to that, uh, let me see what those results are uh, for those things. Now, uh, I said, uh, this one's uh, you know pretty well uh, good to go because uh, there's there's nothing right. So we know this was the one that came from uh, signed uh, verified. This is coming from Google. Right, we look at the, uh, the the 64 bit one or maybe this is the non 64 bit one. Uh, we kind of get that same thing. So we get a nice comfortableness about what uh, we're working with. So um, that uh, gives a little bit of trust. Uh, the nice stuff is what got verified here, right? Uh, if you look at that checksum list there, that's a V14. Uh, typically, whatever checksum, uh, they're using SHA-256. I want to say this is SHA-512. Uh, no, no, I'm wrong. And so there's that V14, right? So that's actually uh, that one for the 64-bit. And then for the non-64-bit, you see that's 95. If that file changes remotely, uh, by default, uh, you may not install. It'll come up and actually error. So you get a little bit more protection when you are using things that you would have just otherwise download uh, from, from the internet. Uh, when it comes to internal use, we don't recommend doing any of that at runtime. So when you're working with customers and, and other things, uh, we want you to take that packaging. If you want to reuse what's here, that's great. Uh, do the internalization so that that package actually contains all the bits. 
right? So that's what you're seeing here. Uh, it's brought in those bits and it's rewritten this packaging. So if we take a look at this install script, uh, you can see there's where it's trying to download. And uh, when we reload, uh, it's actually using what's available inside, right? Uh, it's not reaching out to the internet anymore. So um, that's pretty important uh, in that uh, I now have a package that I'm gonna take and push up to a repository that's internal uh, so that I can install, right? And so uh, if I want to do that now, uh, I would say, okay, I'm gonna push this up. Uh, and this is, a, we have a newer version of this, but I would say the source I'm going to uh, is actually on the system. So I'm gonna push that up to that. And then I have to give it the API key. And then I'll go ahead and push that. And uh, it would push that package over uh, to that repository. And you see that this package is 96 meg, right? And so when I come back over here into my UI and head back over to internal server here, do a refresh, I should see Google Chrome sitting there, right? There it is. And so then I can actually look at it, uh, see some more information about it. But I know when I install this, that when it gets this package, this package will not go out to the internet whatsoever. Right? So I have that nice uh, internalized version of that package. And so as I, I take a look uh, at uh, package internalizer to understand how I can automate that process a bit, I come down to the feature page that's over here and I have package internalizer and uh, there's different options and switches that kind of go along with it. Uh, the biggest thing to gather is uh, outside of all that, it kind of gives you the ability to, to uh, change things. The, uh, the defaults that come with that are pretty good. So you'll just want download and then internalize. And uh, there are some articles that are out there that show people how to actually get this stuff set up. Now, um, it has a nice font here, but if we come down to like Jenkins, uh, see some of those scripts now. Um, that might be a little bit crazier than just setting up to a scheduled task that looks at Chaco outdated. That's what you see in this particular article written by uh, Dan Franciscus. Uh, at the very bottom though, uh, after he explains everything, he points you right to GitHub so you can actually take a look at his script. Now, a lot of organizations kind of just pick up that script and supply it with the right properties. And uh, when a new version of a package comes available, uh, they get it automatically set up uh, when that scheduled task runs. It gets pushed into their internal repository. So it's, it's a hands-off uh, a bit so that you can kind of lean on uh, those community packages that are out there without having to worry uh, whether you're losing out on reliability issues. Um, so I'm not going to try to go too into too much more detail because uh, there's a lot of really advanced things that you can do with Chocolatey. And a yeah. lot of, uh, yes, I think I might... Uh, lose more folks on that that here headlights look but i did want to show you uh really quickly that when you are saying okay well i'm really interested in chocolatey i really want to get something set up internally uh, if you come over to the docs uh you come into the site uh, click on docs over here and then just scroll down uh, until you get to the how to's for some reason we put our how to's at the very bottom down here uh, and so uh, at the very bottom of that list is how to set up chocolatey for internal and organizational use uh, this is a great guide uh, that a lot of organizations use uh, that really helps them you know, get everything fully set up so that they can get customers and other things. And, and the, the most important thing to note is, yes, there are steps. But if you scroll to the bottom of the steps in a lot of these, you have a script, right, that you can run. And uh, this uh, goes through everything we recommend uh, when you do set up Chocolatey on a system uh, as far as 
making sure that you have a very long timeout, uh, setting that Choco cash location so that you get really deterministic cleanup by Chocolatey. Uh, those are uh, even at that open source side. So, uh, and it's some other uh, aspects of that as well. So I'm gonna step back now, because I think, uh, as you mentioned, there's a lot of questions. No problem. So uh, <laughs> someone has a Windows app that they sell to schools, like, you know, K-12. Mm -hmm. They usually lack the tech tools or the expertise to deploy the app to hundreds or thousands of endpoints. What would using Chocolatey to allow easy mass deployment look like from a 10,000 foot view? Right on. Uh, so it really depends on what you want to use as that deployment mechanism. Uh, Chocolatey itself is a package management uh, type solution. Uh, it's typically on the clients. Uh, it'll accept uh, those commands from uh, multiple tools. So uh, coming back to, I'm going to switch my share back from this to uh, the desktop so I can uh, go back to that slide. And uh, we'll start from here and just bounce back. So Chocolatey itself without Chocolate Deploy, without which is coming in without uh, Chocolatey Central Management doesn't really manage that deployment aspect. Uh, it um, defers that to some other tool, right? And uh, getting back to it, there we go. Uh, that could be uh, SCCM, that could be a tool called Boxstarter, which we call Configuration Management Lite, uh, that can do you know, deployment to like 10,000 machines. Um, or any of these other tools could also do that. So if you are uh, you know, kind of working with PowerShell DSC or one of these other things, uh, you could definitely use Chocolate. But a 10,000 foot view, uh, you're gonna have that Chocolatey package, uh, that software deployment, and you're gonna decide how you're going to get it there and that could be through PowerShell remoting uh, or an RMM tool, uh, like the uh, one I mentioned that does Chocolatey and LabTech together, they would then push that out to all those systems. Does that make sense? I uh, believe we're good there. Um, so someone else said, can this replace a config manager like SCCM? I hesitate to say yes. Uh, so SCCM does provisioning, it manages Windows uh, server update services or managing those Windows updates themselves. Uh, it also does that third party deployment, right? Uh, and it has a whole bunch of other things that it can do as well. Uh, what you see uh, folks do is actually, when that third party deployment aspect of SCCM is there, they start using Chocolatey packages to manage that stuff better, right? Because SCCM, uh, because it does so many things, right? Uh, when you see chocolatey, chocolatey is hyper-focused on one thing. So it does it very, very, very much better, right? Or, or quite a bit better. And so uh, they tend to bring chocolatey in to, to really uh, make SCCM excel in that aspect, right? Uh, of managing those software deployments. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tougher question to answer because it really depends on what exactly it is you're trying to get out of something like SCCM and whether chocolatey could replace that. Uh, Configuration managers like the uh, Puppet, Chef, Ansible, and SaltStack, and PowerShell DSC as well. Um, those are, are, are a bit more different because they fall more into what uh, are considered modern automation tools or DevOps type tools. Uh, you see those uh, managing things with uh, source control scripts and uh, other things, right? Uh, and uh, you know, being able to test out that those deployments and other things, right? Uh, and so uh, sometimes uh, you'll see folks come in and say, well, uh, we want to get more into that, right? And so what we'll do is we'll actually look at 
uh, bringing something like Puppet or Chef uh, and Chocolatey in uh, to uh, replace some of that functionality that we were formerly doing with SCCM. But they might keep SCCM around for some of the other things that it does, especially with client systems. So it's a, it's a tough okay. thing, right? Maybe that was too much of an answer. I don't know. <laughs> so I think there's going to be quite a few people watching this that don't even know what Puppet or SaltStack or any of these other things are. Um, because I would say that, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to intentionally lump people in and, um, but I would say most of the people watching this are managing 350 or fewer endpoints across all of their clients. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and oh, even, even smaller, there's probably some guys that are doing a lot of break fix that are trying to figure out managed services, uh, or, or maybe just aren't using their RMM tool correctly to this point. So let's let's talk to the guy that that wants to start doing automation but mm -hmm. doesn't know PowerShell, doesn't understand anything on this current screen. I I think that I think that is probably an important thing for us to to try and get out of the way first. Yeah. So I let let me try and start and then you can fill in the blanks or correct me when I'm wrong. So chocolatey is essentially going to be the package manager and a package is going to be the software itself. There's the Choco deploy. Is that what it's called? Where that can, that can do the actual installation and, and management of the upgrades and uninstallations and that type of stuff. Two remote uh, machines. Yeah. Okay, yes. Um, but essentially what Chocolate is going to help us do is take some software, and, and I'll say some because it'll do like 70% of the software roughly that's available um, based on all of the different software installation packages and, and that type of stuff that are out there like Install Shield or uh, Windows installer and that type of stuff is what you mean right there when you're talking about all the different install packages. So right. Chocolatey can look at these install packages and figure out, okay, here's how I install this software silently, assuming, right. assuming that assuming. the people that made the software using that install package did it correctly or what you're going to call correctly. I would, uh, I would uh, come back on that point right there. Uh, when they haven't done it correct, correctly, there are ways to fix that with Chocolatey and other tools uh, okay. that can, can, can correct those badly behaved installers uh, so that uh, you can achieve that, that kind of automation with Chocolatey with those installers that are creptastic, I guess is a, is a term we like to use sometimes. Not, not the most, uh, not the best installers, kind of troublesome. Uh, they don't have fully unattended things or they have little pop-ups uh, that come up even though you've asked for them to be silent, right? Uh, we can correct all of that uh, with Chocolatey and some of the surrounding tools that go with that. You know, um, there are, you know, the free side uh, of that typically comes back to like tools like AutoHotKey or AutoIT, if you remember those fun things um, to, uh, there's also, uh, an MSI repackaging solution that can manage that, uh, that is uh, free out there, I think on IT Ninja's website, uh, to uh, ones that are very, very expensive. Now, uh, the, the one that our team uses is uh, somewhere around $2,500, right? So it's not bad, uh, but it can actually, uh, and, I'm sorry, 
Uh, we talk about MSRE packager, I should explain what that means. So when you are dealing with installers that don't lend themselves well to automation, you need to run it fully unattended and in silent, completely silent environments where you may not have interactive access. What you look at at that point is a, is a concept called MSI repackaging. And what that means is it's going to take uh, that installer uh, and you're going to run uh, a recorder and it's going to watch everything that that installer does. And when it's done, it creates an MSI for you. That's MSI repackaging. That MSI can now be deployed completely silently. When you're working with uh, tools like AutoHackKey and AutoIT and some of those, you still need that original installer to be run. And then when those pop-ups occur and those other things, uh, there are uh, scripting in, inside of, of those tools is seeing and waiting for those things so that it can actually respond to them uh, to make it unattended, uh, but still in an interactive sense. And so, um, okay, so. so when Chocolate is working with uh, installers or any software, really anything uh, that you can uh, do or install when it comes to Windows can become a chocolatey package, uh, provided that uh, you know you can use one of those uh, other tools to bring that in, uh, or it's uh, manageable in some way with, with PowerShell, because chocolatey uses PowerShell for that automation side. Gotcha. So when when looking at when looking at chocolatey, so we could in theory use chocolatey and get rid of other tools like Nineite or other third party. Uh, update solutions that that RMM tools might offer because those are going to update some of the common things like mm -hmm. Adobe and um, Notepad plus plus and Java and all that other stuff like there's already packages on your uh, your repository available for that more common stuff I believe everything that you can get from uh, at least the big one uh, I'm not gonna say it but you Fair can find on the community repository okay uh, we would say uh, when you are evaluating whether is it is this a good time to do that or not uh, understand if you're under uh, like when I, if you're grandfathered uh, where you're getting that at that much cheaper price you may want to stick with that for that stuff and then look at chocolatey open source for all that other stuff you can't address right gotcha uh, with with that now uh, if you're not grandfathered now maybe uh, that's a time to say okay well the pricing is very similar between the two could I replace that with chocolatey and so. I don't want to say uh, that that's maybe the right or wrong choice with uh, something like Nineite, where you have a company that's managing uh, all of that software uh, that they provide. Uh, you have a much uh, clearer picture of the security around that. You know that that's provided by them and not a community. So you're not working with a community uh, like you would be with that chocolatey community repository. You actually have to do a little bit more work to vet those things, prove out the safety and all of that before you would take that to your organizations. That's okay. been a, a really big gripe for folks that are MSPs that do want a hands-off type of thing. One of the things that we've looked at with Chocolatey is having a repository that's only uh, curated by Chocolatey Software, our company, right? Mm -hmm. You could get that same level of trust uh, and uh, be able to, to deploy a similar uh, set of packages that you would see with some of those other services. Now, uh, we haven't set a timeline on, on that yet. Uh, that is something that we definitely want uh, to, to bring about. And so I would say for folks that are saying, I'm using this other thing, uh, when's the right time might be after uh, we offer that. 
Gotcha. You can get so, that same experience of that hands-off management of those upgrades. Right? You don't have to go and, and worry about making sure that you're getting that next version all packaged up. You're kind of letting somebody else do that for you. And that's uh, where that, that uh, as we call an SLA, uh, Chocolate Software Company Offered Repository, uh, would have that, that same aspect. Gotcha. And and for those of you that have asked, yes, this is being recorded. It's actually being streamed live right now to YouTube. It'll stay there. So if you know if you're getting information overload, this is going to be available for you to watch again later. Okay. Um, so so the difference between chocolatey and we'll just say that other tool. I've already named it. The difference between chocolatey and Ninite is sure. Chocolatey can do all of the packages that are in Ninite, but then you can take it a step further and you can say, you know what? I want to deploy Office 365 for business yes. and QuickBooks 2018 and manage those with Chocolatey. And, and you, can, you can successfully do that. Now, success is going to be... Uh, I'm, I'm going to say success is going to be your mileage may vary because if you don't know what you're doing when it comes to uh, scripting and, and editing, I, I saw you had that, that file where you were editing uh, uh, earliest version and latest version and that type of stuff, you know, that's where you might get hung up, but um, it is something that you can do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's the best way to answer that. And it looks like, yeah, there you go. There's already someone that's added Office 365 in there, last updated almost a year ago. Mm, yep, looks like it. So, now, does that mean that it just doesn't need to be updated anymore because it does its thing or because they... I think it's because there's not an updated version installer. Uh, I think okay. what they offer is... Once you install it, uh, if I recall correctly, Office 365 just upgrades all the time. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Uh, kind of crazy. Um, you don't really get to specify it not to do that. Um, and what you see here is if you look at this particular package, what it's going to download uh, comes directly from Microsoft. And so that was validated before this particular package was able to go live. So uh, if you come out to the community repository, and if you ever find a package where uh, this uh, tool comes from Microsoft, but then you look and it's like, well, that's not from a Microsoft location uh, or where Microsoft might be offering it on GitHub. Uh, that's when those red flags go up. That's when the red flags go way up. Now they have gone way up for uh, the community uh, moderators way before uh, they were ever visible, right? For uh, you uh, to see them, right? So. Uh, if you're ever curious, like, well, how does that whole thing work? Uh, you can come over here to this moderator queue, and uh, you can actually see that uh, there's a nice conversation that goes back and forth with folks as these packages are, are being pushed up. And so that's pretty cool. So, so even though we, even though it's a community repository, the moderation helps it to be a little more secure. And by simply looking at that, what, what was that section called in there where we can look and see where it's downloading stuff from? Into the packages. Okay, so, so when you look section. in the... Yeah, so in here we have our, our normal view on how you would normally see it and then a moderator queue. And so I've come into the moderator queue, uh, you'll see is this package. So this is if you're really wanting to see like uh, these things that aren't live yet kind of see how that process works where uh, this thing goes through that automated validation. Uh, it failed that uh, because it was doing something it shouldn't have. So the package was actually written incorrectly 
in a way. So that goes back. Uh, sorry for the person who this went out for. <laughs> sorry to just throw you under the bus there. But. Yeah, there's, there's also, after the validation, there is a uh, testing process that happens. And uh, if you're really interested in that, uh, there's a link. Uh, whenever you look at packages and you see this little guy here uh, on, on some of these, let's see, uh, that fixed itself. It looks like no. So we've got a little bit of an issue currently on, on one of these systems. It's usually Web 2. Um, it's on Web 1 right now uh, where that cache has uh, done something and it hasn't been able to catch up. So let me uh, jump to a package really quickly so we can look at like uh, Google Chrome. Again, that's a good one to always go look at. But you see that little green dot? Now, this doesn't have a link. But if you go here, if that, that dot is red, it means that something may not be passing. Uh, and so every once in a while, uh, we have our verifier come in and actually test uh, that these things install properly. It's, it's grabbing a registry snapshot. So it's seeing everything that got installed into the install programs, right? Programs and features. And uh, it also has a script of things that it was tracking for the files. Uh, you actually get that full text of the install, right? So you can get a really detailed view of everything uh, that uh, Chocolatey did uh, if you really want to see it. Uh, coming back over here to uh, you know this, where it's uh, you know not not a lot of information here. But if we went uh, and actually looked at the logs, uh, even though we don't have a lot of information here, it's going to look a lot like this. Uh, all of that stuff is being captured, especially uh, which is which is great. If I run into issues, uh, I'm able to to really dig in and see what happened. Um, but uh, coming back to this this other guy here. Um, all of this stuff you don't see once a package gets approved, but it's all still there. And then, of course, um, this one got pushed back uh, for one reason, but uh, it looks like it's installing a font. So it's going out to Ubuntu uh, to go get that font and uh, bringing that in. And so when uh, we look at community packages, uh, it's important to note that a uh, package could be uh, maintained by the actual vendor. Right. So if we look at OS query, uh, that's from Facebook, uh, allows us to do things. Uh, the actual uh, folks that are maintaining this package is Facebook. And so this guy works, works there on that particular team. Uh, he uh, makes sure that this thing does uh, stay updated. Right. Uh, and so sometimes the, uh, the package maintainers are also the vendors. Right. And when that happens, what you'll see is this concept of a trusted package. Uh, meaning that uh, after it passes all that automated stuff, uh, that package can get approved uh, without a human coming in to uh, verify that uh, extra bit of safety, uh, just because uh, we know that the folks that are building that package are the same people that offer the software, right? And so uh, you know, we built uh, kind of that, that password. So yeah, in here, uh, this is where you see where the uh, binaries are embedded, right? So you see this uh, where you can actually go get uh, this and you can verify it uh, against uh, typically it's against the community somewhere uh, where you would be able to download that from originally. So this is fantastic. So so we've got the ability to look and, and check the files and verify they're coming from a good source. Yes. We've got the ability to check the virus total results and then we've got the ability to look for a green dot next to the name to verify yeah. that it's been uh, moderated or tested when it's green been tested so okay if it's been moderated that's where you get to see it uh if it hasn't been moderated it falls into that moderation queue until uh it's hit that point uh and sometimes you can get in you can actually see all the different versions 
I don't know if you're not uh, logged in and you're not a moderator, if you're not a package maintainer, whether you'll see the upcoming version or not. I don't think you will. Um, it's just for the okay. folks that are doing that. But also, if you don't trust any of that, uh, what I would say is, okay, uh, so I see some internals here. Uh, I want to take a look at the uh, thinking. Think faster. Come on. Uh, maybe we'll just stick with this one. So there's a download over here on the left. Uh, and so a, a couple of important things on this, on this left side is if the package is outdated, you have a way to, to reach out to those maintainers and then work through a process we call uh, uh, the package triage process uh, to make sure that uh, the right folks get uh, added or, or brought into it that can get that package upgraded. Uh, you can also uh, contact those maintainers directly, contact the site admins, right? That's uh, the moderators and folks. Uh, and if you're a software vendor and you say, hey, this is my tool, it looks like uh, maybe uh, these folks are doing something on uh, community repository where they're offering my software up and they don't have distribution rights. We, we kind of walk into a process to figure out how that works, right? That's the same thing I'm about to tell you, right? So if I'm, uh, I could also report abuse. So if I see something in here that does look like you made it through that, all of those checks and safety balances, right? Or safety and balance checks, uh, I can come and uh, report on that as well. So the other thing is being able to download uh, that, that package, right? So I can go get that package directly and uh, bring that down. It's thinking. So yeah, going back to that software vendor, uh, we're showing them that exact same thing. Go to do the download, actually rename that to a .zip and you can extract it out and look at it. Right, so you can actually see what that package is doing. And then with that said, um, I noticed you mentioned a font earlier. Now, again, because because chocolate is such a, a neat and powerful tool, we could, in theory, use chocolatey to essentially do almost like a copy paste for us where we want to install 37 new fonts to this computer. We mm -hmm. just we just use chocolatey to kind of slipstream them into the fonts folder wherever that is. Yes. Okay. Now, um, what is the difference between package builder and package builder UI? Is that, is that the one where basically the package builder UI is doing more of the work for us? So, uh, something's not happening up here. Uh, great to happen during a demo, but um, <laughs> so package builder UI uh, is uh, coming back over here. Uh, not this one, uh, this, uh, that's even the wrong one. Uh, if I was to go uh, call package builder, right, I would get a UI. And the package builder UI in Chocolate for Business uh, has the, the package builder concept built into it where it can actually do all that detection uh, from those installers and everything and extract all of that and uh, then build my package completely for me. Um, package builder UI will bring this, uh, this UI to you. Uh, won't have the programs and features tab where you can generate packages based on everything that's installed. Uh, but you'll get the new spec and uh, that general side where you can actually specify here's the things I want to embed into the package. Uh, here I want to bring in these other scripts. Here are the silent arguments for that. Uh, and then I flip over here and it's also required that I provide whatever the ID is going to be. So if that was like Google Chrome and I can never type that apparently or whatever I wanted to call that. I would get all of the important bits specified here then I could click generate and uh, that would be very similar uh, to the same experience I get with Chocolate New, uh, Bob, right? Or Bobo in this case. Um, 
it's going to generate out that table at go ahead and bring some things into it above and beyond that's uh, just a straight uh, command line experience and so then i'm still going in and doing more work uh, to finish off packages uh, so the the big difference is you're doing the exact same thing but with the package builder ui you're doing it all in a central interface and then it's building out and filling in all the blanks across all the files for you. Yeah, so if I, uh, if I said the ID here was named Tim, right? And I actually do need to give that something, but uh, what that will do when it generates uh, is it's gonna create basically the same thing for me. Uh, that it'll already be geared to have some of those bits filled out. All right, so it's gonna save me a little bit of time uh, as I come back to fill out uh, this aspect, so that install script. Does that answer that question? I think so, yes. Now, um, you, you've mentioned Chocolatey for Business a few times. Obviously, we're all MSPs, so we don't care about Chocolatey for Business, do we? Sometimes uh, sometimes MSPs do. Uh, we definitely see MSPs come in. They'll pick up either MSP Edition or Chocolatey for Business, or uh, you know, uh, some folks just want to stick on, on that open source side, and that's completely fine. Uh, you can uh, run a business on, on chocolate open source and the architecture that surrounds that and uh, you know never uh, have to worry about a cost uh, that's associated with that except for the cost of learning right uh, and, and those things but uh, that's absolutely uh, what we see organizations do uh, we have a very vibrant community of folks that are out there that are using uh, anything from open source all the way up to chocolate for business and uh, there are ways of uh, reaching out to the community when you're trying to figure out something uh, we have uh, what we call it, we call it Gitter, uh, but it is, it's like a Slack uh, or an IRC of sorts where you can get in and ask questions and uh, other folks in the community might have an answer for you. We have uh, mailing lists uh, that are very similar to that as well. Uh, all of that stuff are, are free resources. The, uh, you, when you get into our commercial editions, above and beyond that, you get access to our support folks. Uh, our support folks uh, give you that, that private channel for support, right? And then you get all those features uh, that come inside of, you know, those commercial editions as well that, that really uh, are geared towards, you know, making uh, a lot of the stuff that you're doing uh, quite a bit easier uh, and uh, taking some of that workload off of you that you would have if you were on the open source side. And that's uh, kind of where we're at. Uh, we're always going to have that open source uh, available. It's a Apache 2 license, so it's very, very friendly for organizations. And have you have you guys ever considered partnering with one of the RMM tools like Enable or LabTech to mm -hmm. build your own uh, integration with their tool and then offer the an MSP or similar MSP product where it, they can they can just kind of buy it through the RMM vendor and you get even more exposure and money? Um, that is a good question. So we have talked to, again, going back to plugins for lab tech, uh, we've talked to, uh, what, Sean? Sean, is it Sean? Shoot. Uh, we'll call him Sean, it's okay. Uh, he, uh, 
has been great about uh, kind of bringing us into, you know, what is the MSP community? Um, you know, how uh, should we uh, kind of shape some of our offerings around that? Now, of course, you know, we have to push back a little bit because we can't give everything away in the MSP edition. Nobody would buy the business edition, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, being able to, to, to figure out when's the right time to bring some of those things in and also uh, looking for uh, a little bit more uh, uh, of a pairing, right, to figure out uh, how uh, when you're using uh, yeah, their tools, how can that uh, be done in a way that also uh, supports you know, our side as well in some monetary aspect. And so uh, that's about as far as I'll say into that. Uh, we have looked into okay. some of that, but not necessarily with the bigger vendors of those tools, uh, like Ninja, RMM, and uh, LabTech, or I guess it's ConnectWise Automate now, and then some of those other tools. But um, there's a, there's a pretty vibrant community of folks out there that are using Chocolaty with LabTech that we know about. Awesome. And then how does support look for people that pay for Chocolaty? Ah, uh, so when it comes to uh, support, uh, when it comes to the commercial editions, um, when you have Chocolaty for business, uh, you have the ability to reach out. I think it's uh, something like eight cases a month, uh, but a lot of that comes into, I'm struggling on the help side, I can't find documentation. If you're reporting for a feature request or you're reporting a bug, those don't count in those cases. Uh, and when it comes to the MSP edition, because we have to really, uh, we really target the MSP folks with a really uh, good price, it's $3 a year per machine. So that's like 25 cents a month. I'm doing the math right, or 50 cents a month. I want to say it's 25 cents a month uh, per machine. Uh, because we've done that, we had to really kind of reshape our support aspect a bit. Uh, you do get, I think, about eight cases a year where you can ask the questions, where you're struggling on some things. Uh, go above that, we start looking at additional costs. But uh, when uh, we haven't really seen that yet, um, when folks are, are asking those questions, typically we're able to easily get you over to the right documentation. Uh, or if you're struggling with something like, you know, I don't understand um, how to get this repository set up correctly, um, you know, sometimes, uh, or I'm running into what I think is an issue. Uh, a lot of times, some of our, our, our folks on the support team will say, okay, well, let's, let's do a screen share. Uh, let's take a look at what you actually have going on and try to figure out what's going on, you know, versus going back and forth in email because, you know, that's not a good way to have support. Uh, all our support stuff starts through email. Uh, and so that's uh, how we have that. But a lot of times, uh, just to really speed up that support process, our team will say, okay, well, let's, let's just see what you have, right? So we can understand that better. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned the price. The, the MSP edition is $3 a year per device. And then you said it's 25 cents a month is what it works out to be. So if I want to get um, 100 licenses, I can just give you guys 25 bucks a month and call it a day? Yeah, so that's uh, that's the other thing there. Uh, I'm really glad you brought that up, by the way. Uh, one of the things that we want to get to is the ability to do that monthly uh, type pricing where you could go up or down on the, on the month. Uh, unfortunately, um, because of some of the, the ways that you set those licenses and other things, um, it's really would require a lot of work on your part to make sure those licenses get upgraded every month and all of that. And so we go by annual licensing. Uh, so if you're looking here, um, yeah, let's take it back. Uh, that's a pretty good size. Uh, what you see uh, on the business side is, yeah, that's a $16 license going down in volume. Uh, but when it comes to MSP, uh, yeah, 200 licenses. 
Uh, you know, oh, see, I got to buy two hundred too. Well, actually, it's, oh. I think it's I think it's a hundred now, right? And so, oh, okay. You were to go to uh, one of the links for that. I want to say that you. No, that's not the right link. But we'll go into that. Uh, so you could buy it through there. Uh, you could work if you need to go through a purchase order approval process. You can go through that with us. Uh, we have some customers that need that. But if you are curious, what's the difference uh, between uh, chocolate for business and MSP? MSP carries this side, and so. Every edition, you're going to be able to create packages, host your own repository, even in the free side, right? Uh, and then when we get down here, we get package internalizer and MSP as well. Uh, some of the enhanced functionality you're going to find on that license side. Why, why is that both a yes and a no? Because this is pro slash MSP. Uh, they oh, okay. Features. Uh, so Got it. It made it easy for us to do it that way. <laughs> uh, and so our sync command, it does say SMA Q1, but, uh, you know, Today is pretty much the end of that Q1. So we know that's uh, not likely to happen because we don't have package indexes. And so going back to the uh, incidents annually, uh, that's where that uh, reaching out to support for questions, not for bugs or feature requests, just for the questions uh, where you're needing that support uh, through you know, best practices or recommendations and stuff like that. Um, that's where you would hit that uh, case, uh, case number. Oh, and so that would not be right. But if I come down into the FAQ, uh, lots of information here, uh, but we do go annual. And if, as you need to add more, you can do that uh, even on a monthly basis. But the, the the trick is with our pricing right now, you can only go down at the end of the year. And so yeah. uh, if I get down here to it, DevOps, uh, we need the managed service providers. Oh, so there's a link right here uh, for folks that want to come in. We got to fix that. But yeah, so it looks like the minimum quantity looks to be 100. So if you Come in and try to buy like 30. I think it would not let you do that. Uh, but yeah, so minimum quality is 100. Okay. It's not so, bad. so $300 uh, upfront, and that gets you a year of managing 100 devices. That's really not bad, especially if you consider what pricing is on other tools. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, I'm I'm one of the lucky ones grandfathered in. So my my annual expense is 280 for 100 devices. So yours costs a little more. However, um, yours also has a lot more for functionality. So I, I see value in that. Uh, how, but regardless, I mean, we can, we can use the open source version. You are cool with people using the free slash open source version for businesses, for MSPs, um, it's it's not a it's a consumer thing only. If if you're a business, you have to pay. Like, you you you're actually pretty cool about that. And we don't have anything in our EULA that mentions anything like that. So sometimes you see things and say, oh yeah, it's free, and then you get into their EULA and it says except for businesses. Even though, you're like, but wait a second, we don't have anything like that. So we have a lot of common sense that comes in our licensing. And so if you say, hey, you know what, I have, uh, so I come right into the FAQ in the licensing section. I have. Uh, 30 machines that I, I bring up and then every once in a while I'll tear down a couple of them and, and put up new ones. Do I lose out on those couple that I, I destroyed? And we're like, not really. Uh, we just go by what you have for, for how many deployments of chocolate you have that, are, that you're using, right? So as uh, you might remove some customer or add uh, other customers and stuff, uh, you look at what that, that high number is, uh, whatever that is, is where you should go for licensing. Um, if that makes sense. So sometimes when you're an MSP, uh, you're going to want to use that, that package internalizer and then deploy out to customers. 
uh, does uh, make a difference uh, when it comes to license counts, uh, but you don't have to put those licensed editions on those other machines. You just have to count them uh, if you deploy out those uh, particular packages there. Huh. So uh, yeah, there is the, uh, the license threshold. So we are an on your honor system. Uh, we don't have any kind of call home features or anything inside of Chocolatey or Chocolatey for Business. It is a completely anonymous tool. Uh, it's open source. Uh, you can go look at it for everything except for the, the commercial stuff it is open source. So you can go look at it out on GitHub. So uh, awesome. you'll find that we have built a lot of common sense into our offering just as much as we have our tool. That is very awesome. Rob, thank you so much for doing this. It looks like we've answered everyone's questions. Zach uh, has a, a comment here. It says PowerShell DSC plus Chocolatey plus literally any RMM that can execute a script equals pretty much the greatest thing ever. So that's 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 coming from a guy who who works to automate like everything. So <laughs> I, I like that if you know if you can get Zach's seal of approval, you're good, man. So um, so thank you for doing this, Rob. Uh, real quick, guys. Next week we have on the fifth, uh, Bit Defender coming on, and then the week after that uh, is is just one of the internal roundtables. If anybody's interested in in being a part of an MSP roundtable, just shoot me an email, Steve at mspwebinars.com and then uh the following week uh math hurts right now i want to say it's the 19th uh, i want to say that's carver that feels right to me carver feels right to me let's go with a, a strong maybe on that um nope i was wrong i was very wrong next week is msp converting break fix to managed services. Then the 19th is Bitten Defender. Then the 26th is Carver. My apologies for that. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate the uh, uh, help there. For those of you that are interested in uh, watching this again, you can just go to youtube.com slash MSP webinars. Feel free to like and share the video once you are there. Also subscribe on YouTube. So that way you can get updates anytime there's a webinar, even though if you may have missed it. Uh, you can go to mspwebinars.com and you can get yourself signed up to be a member of MSP webinars where we've got some awesome deals from IT channel vendors, uh, documentation that's, that's been made available, um, MSP roundtables, and a lot more. So um, yeah, anyone that has questions, steve at mspwebinars.com or check out the website. Thank you again, Rob. You are awesome. This tool is awesome. And um, if, if you want to check it out, just go to chocolatey.io and you can, you can download the open source version and start playing with it right away. Cool. You all have yourself a great day and I will see you next week. Have you been looking for a way to stay focused on your goals and grow your MSP? Accountability groups from Rocket MSP can help. We offer weekly accountability sessions that meet online with a group of your peers. Your success begins with accountability. Go to www.rocketmsp.io to join your accountability group today.